Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number six. Run it. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. He used to play pogs in middle school, Pat Flynn. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome to the sixth session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. And to commemorate the sixth session, today I'm going to talk about six hurdles I encountered when starting my businesses and exactly how I overcame them. I know when we all start businesses online or, or start blogs or whatever, we're all going to come, come across different obstacles, uh, different hurdles that we'll have to jump over. And I hope that uh, after listening to this session, you'll have a better idea about how to avoid certain problems that you might encounter or how to react in certain situations uh, based on my experiences with with my online businesses. So uh, let's get right to it. The first hurdle uh, is just actually just getting started at all. Getting started with anything can be one of the hardest things to do. And, you know, have you ever watched the Strongest Man competition on ESPN? I haven't actually seen it in a while, but I used to watch it. And it's these huge guys uh, doing crazy things like lifting huge boulders, flipping monster truck tires, and, and you know competing for the strongest man in the world. Well, one of the things they do, uh, one of the competitions is using a rope to pull an 18-wheeler. Uh, you know, those huge trucks you see on the freeway, they pull those with a rope from the neutral position. And if you've watched this before, you can see that the hardest part it's just getting the darn thing started. You know, the, it takes so much energy and force to move an 18-wheeler when it's at rest. But once it gets going, it seems to be much, much, much easier. And it's just like they're walking a dog. They're just pulling this 18-wheeler behind them. And, you know, even though they're pulling the same amount of weight, it's the momentum that keeps them going after that initial start. So that's what it's all about. It's just finding a way to figure out what energy is needed, what force is needed, or kind of just forcing yourself to get started so you can build on your momentum and use that momentum to keep you going. And that's exactly what happened with me. You know, uh, what, one of the hardest things for me to do is actually write my first ebook. And and if you follow my story before, you'll know that writing my first ebook was probably the most successful thing I've ever done. In my first month after launching it, I had made eight thousand dollars and and have been making a lot more since then. But you know, it didn't. It wasn't easy, and I didn't want to do it. You know, I had gotten the idea to write an ebook for my lead exam website through a mastermind group. Uh, but I wasn't 
I wasn't quite sure if it was such a good idea. I knew it would be a lot of hard work. And, you know, what if it didn't sell any copies? You know, I was just making excuses not to do it because, you know, I, I, I didn't know how it was going to go. And I didn't even know where to start. And that's probably what, what scared me the most was just, you know, I didn't know what to do. Uh, what, how, do how was I going to sell the thing? What, what should I include in it? I, I don't know. So, you know, what finally got me off my butt and, and started me writing my ebook was one of my website visitors left a comment on my blog and said, uh, she said that she said, Pat, you should write a lead for dummies guide or something like that. I'd pay for it. And that right there, I mean, someone telling me straight up in my face that they would pay for something if I created it. So that right there was exactly what I needed to get started. That was the push I needed. You know, and, and I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a 100% plan of how I was going to format the guide or how it was going to sell it or even how much I was going to sell it for. I just knew, and this is the, this is the key, I just knew that no matter what, I was going to have to write. So that's that's exactly what I did. I just started writing. I used Microsoft Word and some mind mapping software to get me started. And if you don't know what mind mapping is, it's kind of diagramming your thoughts into uh, into you know on on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard or something, and and using a bubble for your central thought and, and branching out with different uh, thoughts and ideas and and you know just creating this whole spider web of of ideas uh, based on one central topic. And that's exactly how I got started with my um with my ebook and if you download my free ebook guide at ebooksthesmartway.com you know there's some examples of my uh of my uh mind maps in there for you so you can see exactly how it works it really helps and what happened was after i started mind mapping and and just writing in word you know, it was really easy to see what my ebook was going to look like each bubble in my diagram became a chapter of my book and each bubble extending out became a subchapter or a section. It just kept going from there and it just started to take off. And, you know, I, I just started writing. Again, I didn't know what I was going to do with the book afterwards or how I was going to sell it, but I knew that no matter what, I needed this document to be finished. Uh, and that's exactly what I did. I wrote maybe three to four pages a day, sometimes more. And uh, after a month and a half, I had, you know, 82 page Word document that was just sitting there. And, you know, that was really motivating for me, just seeing this document on my desktop collecting digital dust right smack dab in the middle of my screen every day. That forced me to dive even further into my research and figure out exactly how I was going to sell it. And that's when I learned about eJunkie, uh, e-junkie.com. That's the uh, service I use, which allows you to store your digital files, your digital you know, ebooks, your audio guys, or even videos, and sell it using their shopping cart. And what they do is they automatically deliver the orders via email, uh, which, you know, this this was totally awesome for me. I never knew anything like this was possible. Um, you know, and, and I set it up. I bought my own ebook just to test it out, and it totally worked. So, you know, I have a credit card charge for me to myself. You know, I lost a little bit of money because of PayPal fees, but I just wanted to make sure it was okay. Uh, looking back, I now know that you can create coupon codes in eJunkie, uh, and I should have just created a coupon code, so I bought my book for one cent uh, just to make sure things work. But you know, that's what I do now when I test things. But you know, there's a little tip for you, and uh, you know, I just launched it on my website, and like I just, like I said, my first month I made eight thousand dollars. And it it all just started from writing and brainstorming and just in me stop complaining about how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? How am I going to do this? Just just get started. And that momentum 
totally builds on itself and and it can get you to where you need to go you know like i said just getting started is the hardest part but figuring out what your first steps are and just doing those not even worrying about the steps later you will be motivated to finish your project all right so moving on to hurdle number two this is a big one for a lot of you out there i know and that's all the technical stuff that goes on behind the scenes of a website now, it's sad because I know a lot of people out there who have great ideas who'd be able to create really awesome blogs and really great info products, but you know they're just scared because they, they see HTML and, and code and PHP and they just you know stare at the screen because it's like a foreign language. And you know honestly, it really is a foreign language. And the thing is, it's, it's totally okay to be scared about all the technical stuff. You know, I still am sometimes, but you shouldn't let that hold you back from succeeding. Uh, and, and honestly, now it's much easier than it ever was uh, to start a website or, or, or monetize your website or sell an ebook and any of this and any of that stuff. And there's a lot of resources out there to help you. I wish I knew about elance.com when I was first starting out or odesk.com or uh, rentacoder. These are places you can go to help uh, to find help to, uh, to take care of all that technical stuff for you at a really, really reasonable price. Um, and if you can't afford that stuff, ask a friend, you know, find someone online to help you. There's tons of people online that are just willing to take a second out of their day to help you. Obviously, they're not going to, you know, build an entire blog for you, but they might do something little like, you know, move to, move a piece of text or an image to the other side of the screen for you, which I would literally spend eight to 10 hours a day trying to figure out on my own how to do uh, back when I first started. But blog is totally easy now all you have to do is go to a place like bluehost or, or hostgator go into your control panel and click on wordpress and you know you click a button and then bam you have a blog and 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 you don't need to know any of that technical stuff about html or php or coding or css styles or any of that stuff i mean when i set up my blog all i did was just start writing content and then you know three or four months later i found out people all over the world were were reading my site who found me through google you know, it's pretty amazing stuff that, that can be done. And again, it was that momentum, you know, after I got laid off and that momentum of seeing people come to my site uh, that forced me to figure everything out on my own. And only again, I, I wish I had learned about those uh, those resources that I had just mentioned earlier that to help me get things done faster. Because honestly, you know, and, and I, I've calculated it out before, you know, if I started two months earlier, I might have made another $100,000 uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. But you know, you can't think about the past like that. You just have to think about where you are now and what you can do in the future. Stop kicking yourself for not starting now and just start. Uh, you know that that's what I eventually eventually learned. And you know, I, I I don't hate myself for for not writing that ebook when I wanted to. Uh, I just know now that if I have an opportunity to do something like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it. Uh, and you know, even though. You know, and I must say this, even though I had wish I learned about outsourcing and getting help from others earlier, uh, I, I'm really glad I went through the experience of doing it all myself because now I know how it all works and, and I can help other people out. And it makes it a little bit easier for me to guide someone who's doing work for me, uh, you know, so, so I can speak their language too. So if you have the time uh, and, and you're kind of just doing this for fun, I, w- I would recommend kind of just trying it out on your own and trying to figure it out and, and doing it for fun. You know, if you do it and, and you get frustrated, then obviously that you're not, uh, it's not doing anything productive for you. So, you know, try to learn a little bit. That's what I did. And it, it's actually worked out. 
pretty well. But again, if I knew how much money I could have made if I had just started earlier, I would have definitely outsourced. Uh, you know that that's what I do now for for my iPhone app business. My partner and I, we uh, we just come up with ideas and we outsource the ideas to uh, people who are experts at building iPhone apps. I mean, my partner he's a he's a programmer. He he knows how to design iPhone apps, but we just choose not to. Uh, because we know we can get a lot more done at the same time uh, utilizing developers out there. Uh, and, and I'll talk about my iPhone app business in another uh, in another session later. Uh, I know a lot of you people out there are interested uh, in that. So, All right, next we got hurdle number three. And this hurdle I like to call scumbag. And I'll, and I'll tell you why in a second. But one of my favorite movies of all time, which I've literally seen hundreds of times, uh, is Back to the Future. And in it... Michael J. Fox's character, Marty McFly, he loses all sense of control when people call him a chicken. And this is a recurring theme in, in, in all of the Back to the Future movies, part one, part two, and part three. Uh, and each time someone calls him a chicken, he gets into trouble. So this is kind of talking about taking criticism and being called names because this is something that happens a lot online, especially when you start to grow as a blogger or business. And especially nowadays with Facebook and Twitter and everyone know really happy to speak their mind and and share it with everyone uh it's not all that uncommon for a company or even a a, a single blogger or a person to find someone bad mouthing them about what they do or what they wrote or whatever so you know my story is that one day uh i think maybe around a year ago i was checking the stats of my blog and found that you know i had a link coming over from a forum on amazon.com uh, it was a thread that was actually about making money online through the Amazon Associates program, which is their affiliate program. Uh, someone dropped in a link to my blog saying how they were you know, impressed by the numbers that I was showing on, on my income reports and people look should look to create their own products uh, in addition to selling items from Amazon, which you know has a really small commission at about 5 to 8% depending on how many you sell. Uh, and I, I totally agree. I mean, creating your own products is great because you almost get 100%, 100% commission on each product you sell. Uh, anyways... Uh, scrolling down, you know, I was obviously I was curious about what people were saying about me in my blog. So, a lot of people responded uh, most positive, but there was one person in particular that responded with disgust. I mean, disgust. I mean, she said that I was a scumbag who was just taking money from naive people who were looking for a quick way to pass the lead exam uh, again, which is the exam I wrote a study guide for. And she went on and on about me, and it totally upset me. Because, you know, she knew nothing about me or what I did. She just assumed that I was a scammer because I was making large amounts of money online. And that just pissed me off. That really upset me because that was not true. Obviously, number one, that was not true. And, and I knew I was helping a lot of people pass this exam. And I, I've helped people save a lot of money on other study guides that charge an arm and a leg. And even though I could have charged an arm and a leg, I don't because you know people had to pay hundreds of dollars just to take this exam in the first place. And you know I spent a lot of time on my material making sure it was the best. And number two, what, what actually upset me even more was that, you know, is this the view that people have about making money online? That is the first thing that they think about when someone sees someone making tens of thousands of, of dollars online that it's a scam? If this is the case, then obviously that those people will never get to that point themselves. They're holding themselves back, and they're always going to be stuck in that mindset of earning little by little. I mean, this person obviously knows about something. Obviously, knows something about making money online. You know, they're in the Amazon affiliate program, 
Uh, but she, you know, she's only making five to eight percent per sale. Uh, and I, I couldn't believe what she said. So what did I do? You know that normally in this situation, the best thing to do is nothing and just ignore all the trolls out there. That that's the best advice that most people give. But you know that's not what I did. And, and you know I I didn't go out there and hunt her down and like punch her in the face or anything like that. But you know instead you know and, and I'll sh I'll share why I did this in a second. But what I did was because I knew she was wrong. And I was so sure about my business model and what I did and how I did it and how honest I was about it. Uh, I wanted to show her exactly what was possible for making money online and that it was possible doing something totally honest, totally transparent, and not scamming at all. So what I did was I replied to that thread and I told her exactly what I did, my whole story about how I got started. And then I included my email address and told her to email me so I could talk to her more. I wanted to talk to this person and convince her that she was wrong. And what she did was she emailed me back with more of her thoughts about scammers and people doing business online. So then I gave her my phone number so I could talk about it with her even more because you know, I I believed in I believe in what I do so much that it just it it really upsets me when people are holding themselves back like this. And uh you know, it's not fair to me and everyone else who's trying to make an honest living online too. So, you know, eventually she came around you know, she she didn't call me, but she sent another email. And was she she said she was impressed by the fact that I would go this far to convince someone, and that she began to believe my practices. She went through my website and saw that what I was actually doing. You know, she just assumed that I was a scammer, but I, I'm not. And uh, she she eventually found that out. But eventually, she left a, a comment back on the thread apologizing for her misjudgment, and, and then that was that. So, you know, score one for Pat, right? Now, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, maybe I could have gotten myself into trouble if someone was more passionate about how they felt about, you know, that topic. But, you know, what helped me decide to go this route was uh, was Gary Vaynerchuk, who is the author of Crush It. And what really impressed me about him was uh, he actually goes into his Amazon.com uh, ratings for his book, Crush It, uh, and responds to every single negative comment. And I, you know, if you go to Amazon.com and look at the reviews for Crush It, you'll see him there, especially for the negative ones. You'll see him responding. You'll see him offer his phone number, his email, and then people responding later saying, thanks for the chat. I really believe in what you're doing. It's just not what I, you know, it's just I don't believe in it or, you know, thank you. You really convinced me or whatever. Uh, and that really impressed me. And that's actually what got me to buy his book because just watching that from the sidelines showed me how passionate he was and, and, and what kind of person this was. Like nobody does that. I Just imagine if every author on Amazon did that and responded to negative comments and, and, and talked about their book like that. That would be amazing. So I kind of took his model and did that there and, and showed everyone else who was on that thread exactly what I meant. So you know, I, I felt really good about what I did. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that if someone bad mouths you to try and get to get to them on the phone with you uh, might not be such a good idea. But in that particular situation, because I knew I was right, you know, and, and, and this wasn't a debatable topic for me. It was just the truth. Uh, I knew that I had something to prove to her and, and it worked out. So hurdle number four, the next hurdle is uh, has to do with trademarks. Uh, doing business online, there's obviously a lot of legal things you have to worry about. And one of those things is dealing with trademarks. And many of you who have been following me since the beginning of my online career know, uh, actually know that greenexamacademy.com, which is the website 
that I have now, again, that sells my lead uh, stuff and talks about how to pass that exam, uh, you know, it actually started out under another name. It was in the lead.com, L E E D.com, in the lead. And, uh, you know, this was obviously a, a more preferable domain name for me because it had the word lead in it, which helps for search engine optimization. Uh, and also because it was catchy and I thought that was pretty clever, you know, get in the lead, get it. So anyways, uh, so my site was at in the lead.com for over a year. It's making good money. I was ranking super high in the search engines until I got a notice from the USGBC, which is the United States Green Building Council, uh, asking me to stop what I was doing. That notice was a cease and desist letter, um, which basically gave me a warning to stop what I was doing or else further legal action would be taken. And, you know, obviously I was scared at this point. Uh, I had began this website, you know, just as a blog for myself. It turned into a business, you know, so I didn't, I never really thought about the trademark issue at the beginning when I first started it uh, because it was more of a personal blog for me. But then, you know, I got this letter and and I guess, I guess once it started getting popular and, uh, you know, and ranking high in their search engines, they found me and tried to shut me down. Now, the legal reasons for for this particular cease and desist letter were simply because, you know, using a trademark uh, in a domain could possibly lead to, to public confusion about my affiliation with with that company, uh, you know, which is which is pretty common, uh, which is a pr- pretty common reason to try and get people to stop using domain names, uh, trademark domain names in their domain or trademarks in their domain name. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's that's understandable. You know, they're just trying to protect their name by controlling the people who are using their trademark. Uh, I get it, right? But I was helping so many people pass this exam. That's what I just didn't get. Why me? You know, there's a ton of other websites out there that, you know, weren't doing anything at all or were just, you know, had crazy amounts of advertisements and no content. And I was actually helping people, which actually helped the USGBC also. You know, like I was drawing people into this exam, helping them figure it out, which ultimately got them to pay you know, f- to to take the exam and help help the environment ultimately. Uh, but you know, I guess what happened was there's a lot of there there were a lot of other lead websites with lead in their domain, and in order to shut those down, you know, legally they have to shut every all of them down, which included which included my website. Uh, or else, you know, if they didn't shut mine down, then those other websites could use that as a reason to not shut theirs uh, down. Also, so what I did was I hired a lawyer. I actually hired a lawyer, uh, and they corresponded with each other, the USGBC and my lawyer, and and I really tried to keep the domain as much as I could because I knew how valuable it was, uh, not only for the search engines, but for people who were, who were just using my website on a daily basis to pass a test. But, you know, gosh, legal fees were crazy, and uh, it was just getting way too expensive, and it, it wasn't worth the fight. And I did have an argument, uh, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. So my lawyer worked out a deal that I could change my donate domain name. You know, I didn't have to stop uh, doing what I was doing. It was just the fact that lead was in my domain name. So uh, I got to change the domain name to greenexamacademy.com. I used a 301 redirect, which is a kind of a fancy term for uh, permanently forwarding people who visit in the lead.com to greenexamacademy.com. Uh, and at the same time, it tells Google about the switch. Uh, it tells Google that I'm officially kind of changing my domain name so they can, you know, transfer all that link juice and, and search engine optimization uh, and keyword uh, optimization for the new site. 
Uh, and, and after 30 days, you know, things were good. My website was my website at greenexamacademy.com was uh, was getting just as much traffic as in the lead.com was because, you know, people were getting forwarded. Well, you know, they contacted me again and they said, well, you can't do a 301 redirect anymore, you know, because you're actually technically still using the website. So, gosh, I had to kill it. Uh, and luckily, 30 days was enough to let Google know kind of behind the scenes that. Uh, and again, using this 301 redirect that my Green Exam Academy was the new website. And then after it went from a, after a month, uh, greenexamacademy.com was a PR0 website, a page rank zero website, obviously, because it just started and it went to a PR5 site. So obviously all that, tra- all that leak juice and search engine optimization stuff transferred over to the new site. So <laughs> after hearing that story, you could believe how much of a hassle that was for me and how crazy it was and how much money I paid just to just to figure everything out. And the lesson there is just don't use trademarks in your domain names. I mean, there, there are a lot of companies out there that will let you and they'll never bother you. But, you know, the thing is at any moment they can change the rules and you don't want your website or business to be affected by it. Like why put yourself at risk? Uh, eBay, for example, is another company that went hardcore on getting rid of all the sites out there that had eBay in the domain I know a few people myself who had businesses that that died because of that, uh, just because of that. So, you know, honestly, it's better to stay away from that thing. And if you really, really, really want to try and use a domain, uh, a trademark in your domain name, check with that company first to see if it's okay uh, and have them give you a written agreement that they won't change the rules on you specifically. Or you can actually pay to license a trademark. Some companies will actually let you do that and use it on your domain. Uh, I tried this with Indeli.com before it died, and uh, they said no. So, you know, my only option was to get rid of it and do a 301 redirect to GreenExamAcademy.com. So, you know, I haven't really gone into that much detail about that story with anyone before, but I'm happy to share it with you because I hope you can understand how ridiculously crazy that process is just to change everything over and and all the legal stuff that goes along with it. Just don't get into that. Don't 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 just don't put yourself in that situation. Uh, it's not worth it. So, all right. Whew. Okay. Moving on to hurdle number five. We're, we're closing in on the end here. We got two more left. Uh, hurdle number five, too many emails. This is, you know, when my exam site was at its height uh, in early of 2009, it was earning about twenty to $30,000 a month. And yes, most of it was passive. I didn't have to be there in order for transactions to take place. Around that time, however, I did get more emails than I ever did before. Uh, you know, every day I was selling 25 to 40 ebooks, and each day there were a few people that had trouble with the download or didn't get the email they were supposed to get or had trouble opening the files. And of course, like a good business should, uh, I had a customer service email address on the page they visited after the purchase. And, you know, I said, if there's any problems, uh, feel free to contact me and I'll get it straightened for you right away. Well, even though the business I had was pretty much hands-off, I still received a lot, all those emails and thought it was super important to answer them all with as much detail as possible because, I mean, these people paid me money, so the least I could do was help them get their product or, or help them figure it out if, if there were any problems. You know, honestly, all the problems were on the user end, meaning that eJunkie, uh, the service I mentioned to you earlier that automatically takes care of the payments and, and delivering the digital products, uh, that was never the issue. Uh, it was always something like, I don't know how, how to unzip a file, which, yes, people don't know how to do that still. Or I never got the email, which was 
caught by their spam filter or how do I print a PDF file? You know, it's all stuff like that. And the thing was, I get the same questions over and over and over again. And I actually had uh, a notepad file that, you know, whenever it was time for me to answer customer emails, I would open that notepad file and more in more cases than none, I would just copy, paste an answer and, and put it in there. And that, that actually saved me a lot of time. Uh, but that's not the tip I want to give you because there's something you could do to take it even further. What I did was in February 2009, uh, at the height of all this, when I was getting all those emails, I decided to create an FAQ page on my site, a frequently asked question page uh, that the people who paid for my material would get access to. It it answered everything that people have already asked about, since you know, which was really easy for me to do since I had all that information in Notepad already. Uh, and, and, you know, whenever I got a new question, I simply added it to the FAQ. So on the page they got to after they purchased an item, I tell them to first look at the FAQ if they have any questions and then email me if their question was not answered. Uh, and guess what? The next month in March of 2009, my emails from customers were cut down by 85%. 85%. That's huge. I mean, if if each email took me about three to four minutes to write, which is you know cons- that's which is a conservative number. I literally saved twenty minutes a day on emails, which is over the course of, over the course of an entire month is like ten hours of time. And the thing is, it's it it's ten hours on paper, but it's actually more because you take time away from what you were doing to answer emails, and then it takes you more time to get back into the groove after you hit that send button, only to be interrupted again with another email. So it's a lot more than ten hours that I saved. And what's cool is. March of 2009, which happened to be my most profitable month ever, over $30,000 in that month, half of that month was spent in Hawaii on my honeymoon. And uh, I only answered maybe four or five emails while I was there, which was perfect. I mean, I'm so glad I did that FAQ. Uh, I don't know why I didn't think of it earlier. And hopefully when you start your own businesses or if you have one already, you have one set up for you already. Uh, So yeah, utilize an FAQ. If you're getting a ton of emails about the same thing over and over again. Uh, I did something similar with the Smart Passive Income blog, for example. I would often get emails asking simply, how do I start a blog? So what I did was I created a YouTube video that shows you exactly how to start a blog from scratch. And I linked to that in my reply. And I get that email almost every other day, uh, which is crazy. So all I do is put that link in there. And say this will give you everything you need to know, and it actually walks them step by step how to uh, how to go through the host and, and set up a blog and customize it and write your own uh, write your first blog post. And honestly, I, I kind of put a hook on it. Uh, the The title of the video is how to build a blog and write your first post in under four minutes. So I actually time myself on the video, so it's actually a little more fun to watch and a little bit more engaging. Uh, but you know that that's a side thing that I just wanted to share with you. And also, there's an affiliate opportunity in that video as well for the host that I recommend. And on top of that, I'm also taking advantage of YouTube traffic. So you know, I, I host this video on YouTube, and then I just send that YouTube link out to people. And you know, a lot of people have found me through that video too. I think it almost has 2,500 views or something like that. Uh, and, and just just talking about this now, like I don't know why. I don't do that with all the questions that I get. You know, I should answer every question I get on video and post it on YouTube for those exact reasons as a, an FAQ helper thing and also to get traffic 
uh, and also to for affiliate opportunities, uh, both from the person who I'm answering and from people from YouTube. So I think I might do that in the uh, in the future. And of course, you know, you want to get permission from the person who emails you to use that. And uh, maybe you don't even want to use their name. Uh, yeah, there's an idea for you. So that's pretty cool. Number six, the last hurdle. Uh, it was actually this podcast, or in other words, being comfortable. Uh, with my voice and if you've listened to the first session of the smart passive income podcast you'll know that i've wanted to do this podcast ever since november of 2008 which is almost two years ago now uh it's september now it's first day of fall so it's almost november 2010 yeah two years ago and the primary reasons why it took me so long was well first i didn't have the right equipment which honestly i could got i could have gotten right away so that's not really a good excuse uh, and But the main reason, number two, was just because I was scared. You know, although I could easily write blog posts, I was good at writing blog posts, and I was comfortable with that medium, getting behind the mic was, I was just really scared to do. Uh, I had this fear, and I don't know what the fear was. It's just, I, I don't know what I was so scared about, and I think it was just because it was something I was unfamiliar with. I think that's what it is for a lot of people uh, with a lot of things in their life. It's just they're just unfamiliar with it. That's why I'm scared of... Uh, you know, oysters. I don't want to eat oysters because I've never tried it before. Uh, I know that's a kind of a random thing to say, but I think you know what I mean. You know, unfamiliarity is scary. Uh, and, and fear is the last thing I want to talk about today. I want to talk about three methods you could do to overcome fear. This goes back into the archives of smartpassiveincome.com, uh, a blog post I wrote way back in the day, uh, which I'm really proud of that. I, I just want to share with you really quick three techniques to slap fear in the face and laugh. And the first technique, you know, again, it's okay to be scared, but these things you could do to, to help to overcome those things. The first thing is just ask yourself this simple question. What's the worst that can really happen? And when I think about my podcasting example, uh, you know, I think about the worst thing that can happen. Uh, starting a podcast would be, you know, I, I'm on the, I'm on the mic and, and I stumble with my words and, you know, I accidentally a swear word comes out and then the FCC come gets me and then I go to jail and then, you know, my son hates me because I'm in jail. You know, no, that's obviously not going to happen. What's the worst that can happen really? Well, I just have a bad show. That's probably the worst thing that can happen. Well, that's it. That's not that bad. I mean, obviously you want to work to have a better show, which I've been working to do. Uh, but the worst isn't really as bad as you probably think it is. Uh, so, so that's one thing you could do uh, when you're thinking about something that, that you're scared of. What's the worst that can really happen? It's probably not as bad as you think. Uh, next, know what to expect. Again, like I said, uh, part of the fact, part part of the reason we all fear something is just because we're unfamiliar with it. So, getting to know all about it will help you overcome that fear. And that that's actually what helped me get over podcasting was just playing with the microphone and, and getting getting used to. Uh, speaking on YouTube. Actually, I used YouTube as a great landing pad, uh, a launch pad, excuse me, to uh, to to help me get used to being on the microphone, which now I, I feel very comfortable with. And obviously, I have a lot more work to do. Uh, you know, I say things like um and stuff all the time, but that, that's why I'm doing this. And that goes along with number three, which is just do it. Just freaking do it. That, that you know, like uh, my friend Jason Van Orden from Internet Business Mastery, podcast yeah many of you probably know sterling and jay from that podcast well jason has this really good quote about uh about just doing it and that is 
Breaking through to the next level always takes a leap of faith. You calculate ROI as best you can, then make the jump. That's what it is. You just got to make the jump. And that's what's gotten me very comfortable with being behind the microphone and overcoming my fear of being on a podcast is just doing it. And I'm getting more and more comfortable every session. And uh, I hope you could tell that just from listening. And, you know, I can't wait to do more. And I never thought I would get to this to, to this point. And I'm really glad, you know, I took that leap of faith. And again, going back to hurdle number one, just using that uh, using that momentum from session number one to keep to keep pounding through and going six sessions in now. And, you know, I don't plan on stopping. So, again, just to recap how to overcome fear, ask yourself what's the worst that can really happen. Two, know what to expect. Get familiar with what you're unfamiliar with. And three, just do it. So, yeah, those are my six hurdles that I overcame since starting my online business career. And I hope you learned something from them. Hopefully, they'll help you understand what to do if you encounter similar situations. Before I go today, I want to share a quick resource with you. And I'd like to thank Erica from erica.biz for letting me know about this. It's a free video player uh, that plays any type of video. And what you could do is you could speed up the video. So it's called VLC Player. Uh, v is in Victor LC. Uh, and what you can do is speed up videos that you're watching. So if you're doing any online courses or you know, you're in any membership websites that have videos, sometimes those videos are just really, really slow. Uh, and what you can do is you can speed them up up to four times. Actually, you can do it faster with VLC, but you know, up to four times to be able to listen to everything correctly. And you know, you can finish a video four times as fast and, and get all the information just the same. It's saved me so much time with a lot of the online courses that I've been taking. So uh, I definitely recommend that. Again, it'll be linked to on the show notes on smartpassiveincome.com. So feel free to check that out. Again, that's a free video player, VLC player. Uh, it's awesome. So yeah, that's the end of the session today. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with me today. And honestly, thank you so much for all of your support. I really appreciate it. You guys are motivating me to keep doing this. And uh, you know, so far I'm loving it. So thank you for that. And if you haven't yet picked up my free ebook at ebooksthesmartway.com, it'll help you learn how to publish market and automate a killer ebook so check that out right now for free at ebooksthesmartway.com thanks so much have a great week and i'll talk to you in the next session take care thanks for listening to the smart passive income podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast, yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. 
So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.